It is a spectacular night in the Valley of the Sun as we welcome you to Glendale, Arizona, as the BCS Bowl Bash continues on Fox in this sensational first-year venue. Boise State tonight steps onto the national stage, playing the role of David, trying to take down Goliath. Oklahoma, after all, is the winningest college football program in the nation since World War II, and they are the heavy favorite in this Tostitos Fiesta Bowl game. The Broncos' journey to this night started with the leap to Division 1A in 1996, but for the dean of Boise State football, Lyle Smith, a winning tradition started in 1946 under his leadership. One can only imagine after 20 straight winning seasons and later the athletic director at now 90 years young, what Coach Smith must be feeling as his beloved Broncos become the first school ever to win a junior college championship, a Division I AA championship, and now play in a BCS game. Here come the WAC champion, Boise State University Broncos. Welcome to episode number 17 of the Let's Remember Some Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Moncari in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Joining me today from his palatial estates in Winnipeg, my former colleague at the Moose Jaw Times, Harold, rest in peace. Uh, it is Nathan Lewicki. Nathan, how are things here on this family day weekend slash mon- regular Monday in the freezing well, west? Yeah, it's uh, it's freezing cold here, uh, just like it is in Saskatchewan. Um, I mean, not as cool as it has been, but uh, you know, it's a family day or Louis Real day here in uh, in Manitoba. So uh, a great day to get outside after, <laughs> not yet after we talk about this uh, this terrific game from years gone by. All right, so you chose the year two thousand seven. You had a bevy of veterinarian and down to we ended up going with the two thousand and seven Fiesta Bowl between Boise State and Oklahoma. Explain to people why you picked this one. Well, uh, first of all, I should probably admit that, you know, my heart wanted to talk about the 2007 BCS national title game. We'll get there in like a future episode, I'm sure, though. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) My beloved Florida Gators and uh, Ohio State. But uh, uh, we chose this game based on just the... uh, the dramatic flair that you saw at the end of the game, you know, all you saw it all throughout, but, uh, you know, these crazy wild, uh, plays that, uh, head coach, uh, Chris Peterson of the Broncos chose late in the game. Um, and, and they executed. And it's just, it's one of those games that go down, um, in college football lore. So did you see this game live when it happened or no? Oh, definitely. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if PBR uh, or DVR <laughs> was a thing. Um, 14 years ago, but uh, I remember watching it live on New Year's Day um, after uh, playing football with uh, with some of my friends uh, out in, in West Edmonton. So, yeah, I, I remember watching this sucker live. So I saw the first half live, and here's why. Um, so the big game for me that day was obviously the Rose Bowl as a USC fan between Michigan and USC. Uh, and this was a later start time, and that following morning, I was getting up at 435 to take a bus down to Detroit slash Windsor to see my friend Caitlin. So I had gone to bed second, late second quarter. So I got up, um, and my brother left me a note that I mean, if Boise won. But he didn't tell me how they won. 
So I saw the highlights on the score, rest in peace of the score. Um, about had a heart attack. And then when I got off the bus, was in, so I'm jacked up on the bus selling down. Get off on the bus down in Detroit, um, meet Caitlin and then her future husband, Pat. Sarah. I'm like, Pat, nice to meet you. Holy shit, let me tell you about this game that just happened. And they are not college football fans. They were not prepared for my energy levels. Coming off a nine-hour bus ride to Detroit. Well, hey, I mean, not a lot of people can handle your, handle your energy level. So, uh, you know, props to them for uh, for uh, maintaining uh, the uh, the relationship they're at. <laughs> Caitlin's only for 20 years. She's used to it by this point. All right, let's set the scene a little bit here. Um, this was the first year where the BCS was expanded to five games, which including a separate national title game, which Nathan has alluded to already with Florida playing Ohio State about a week later. Uh, the first year that no – if you're not from the big conferences – uh, you're guaranteed into a BCS game if you're in the top 12 in the final rankings or you're in the top 16 and higher than a Power 5 champion. Prior to this, Tulane and Marshall were going undefeated in 98 and 99. Miami with Ben Roethlisberger, Miami of Ohio, that is, went 11 1 and 03, but didn't go to a BCS game. Then in 2004, Utah was six in the country in the BCS ranks of 12 and 0. They beat Pitt 35 7 in the Fiesta Bowl. Also, that year, Boise was 11 0. They ended up playing 11 1 Louisville team. We're then in the Conference USA, an excellent Liberty Bowl game. A bit about Boise State here going into this time frame. They moved up to Division 1A in 96, coming. Uh, moving to the old Big West Conference, they were a 1AA national champion in 1980 over Eastern Kentucky. Lost in 1994 in the finals to Youngstown State. Moved to the WAC in 2001, they really started to take things off. Chris Peterson was promoted from offensive corner going into the season from Dan Hawkins. Hawkins had gone 53-11 and from 2001 to 2005 and was left to take over the coaching duties at Colorado. Boise enters this season 9-4. and They lost badly to Georgia in the season opener. And then also lost at Oregon State, at Fresno State, and then lost a home bowl game to Boston College. Anything you want to add here, Nathan, before we get into the 06 season leading into the bowl for Boise? You know, I think one of the things that I that I forgot about when I uh, when I look back at this game was that it was Chris Peterson's first season uh, taking over from Hawkins um, uh, with the blue turf there in Boise. So that, that was one thing I just I just forgot about. I guess uh, you know he, he's bounced around a lot. Uh, I actually don't even know where he's he's coaching. If I think about it, off the I don't know right if now. he is at the moment because he was at Washington. I think he's just stepped back for now. I mean, coaches don't leave. Agent. <laughs> Sign him up. <laughs> anyway, uh, the 06 season, Boise runs the table with wins over Sacramento State, Oregon State, at Wyoming, Hawaii, at Utah, Louisiana Tech, at New Mexico State, at Idaho, Fresno State, at San Jose State. Utah State, and at Nevada. Peterson is coach of the year, just the second coach to win 12 games in his first season as a bench boss. The other one, Larry Coker from the 2001 Miami Hurricanes National Championship team. Corey Hall was named WAC Defensive Player of the Year, and Ian Johnson led the NCAA in rushing of 24 touchdowns. That brings us to the Oklahoma Sooners, whose journey here is interesting. Bob Stoops in his eighth season as head coach after running the table in 2000 and winning the national championship over Free Shoes University. That one's for you, Nathan. 13-2. to They lost the 2003 and 2004 championship games, uh, the 04 Sugar Bowl to LSU, the 05 Orange Bowl to USC, though apparently that game doesn't exist anymore, the AMU and Civil A. In 2005, they went eight and four. They were upset 17 to 10 by TCU in the opener. Started season two and three. Lost to UCLA. Lost to Texas, but had wins over Tulsa and Kansas State. They lost their second last game of the regular season to Texas Tech and beat Oregon in the Holiday Bowl 17 to 14. 
The big story going into the season was a month before the campaign began. Rhett Bomar, a highly touted quarterback that became the starter after that loss to TCU, and offensive lineman J.D. Quinn were both dismissed from getting money from a car dealer over work they didn't perform, roll corruption. Paul Thompson, who started that opener in 2005, moved back from being a wide receiver to being a starting quarterback. That season in 2006, they went 11-2 and uh, with wins over UAB Washington, a controversial loss to Oregon of a wild finish uh, on the road. Yes. I watched that game back like, three or four years ago because I vaguely remember it. But I didn't see it live. And then we'll watch it back like, Woo! <laughs> what a mess. Probably a future episode on this show. They bounce back with a win. Of a win over Middle Tennessee State, lose the Red River Shootout to Texas, uh, beat Iowa State, but Adrian Pearson breaks his carbone diving for the end zone. His first game back is this game. They beat Colorado, Missouri on the road, Texas A&M on the road, went home over Texas Tech, road wins over Baylor and Oklahoma State, and then beat Nebraska 21-7 in the Big 12 title game. Rufus Alexander, the linebacker, named Defensive Player of the Year. Any thoughts on the Sooners at this point? Well, uh, you know, you're looking back at, at the Sooners, they're one of those... Uh blue bloods in college football from uh, probably the end of World War II. I think on the broadcast they even noted that, uh, that the Sooners might have been the, the uh, most winningest program uh, in college football uh, Division One A history since World War II up until that uh, Fiesta Bowl. Uh, so, I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're literally having David versus Goliath uh, in this matchup. Um, and you mentioned Adrian Peterson. Uh, first game back in you know, almost three months after breaking his collarbone against uh, Iowa State. Um, and you know, he only had, uh, I think he's had about 150, 152 yards he needed, uh, to, to break Billy Sims's mm-hmm. school record for rushing. So that was another thing that, uh, you had to think about too, is, you know, you, you, this is going to be a David Goliath matchup, but Adrian Peterson has a chance to break history at Oklahoma, which is huge in, in the annals of, of that school's football history. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that it was, uh, trying to go for that record there. I think it was 150 at least to tie it, so 151-152. Either way, he's he's in the... Peterson can bust out that against any team, so it's not like it's out of the realm of possibility here. Earlier... No, not at all. I, I would have thought he... Uh, what was thinking going into the game that he was probably going to break it against, you know, Boise State. Boise State's not going to compete in this game, right? <laughs> uh, earlier that day, there were five other games. The Outback Bowl, Penn State won 20-10 over Tennessee. Uh, Auburn edged out Nebraska 17-14 in the Cotton Bowl. Gator Bowl, West Virginia winning 38-35 over Georgia Tech. Capital One Bowl, Wisconsin 17-14 over Arkansas. And my big game of the day, Rose Bowl, USC Trojans 32-18 over the Michigan Wolverines. You'll love to see it. Well, yeah, and it was a great game. I know. You know, Rose Bowl, you always got to go watch that Rose Bowl. One day, hopefully, uh, get a chance to go down to Pasadena and, and watch it. You know, maybe not USC in the game. No offense. <laughs> How, but, dare uh... <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Your Gators might be in the playoff then as a Rose Bowl. We'll see. We'll find out. Let's oh, see yours that'd going. Be fantastic. Dwayne Jarrett went beast mode in that game, too. You love to see that. All right. Pre-game. We've already talked about Peterson. Uh, this is the first time this is being played at the, what is then known as University of Phoenix Stadium, which just opened this past season, this season, home of the Arizona Cardinals, and would host the national championship game between Florida and Ohio State in a week's time. This is also the first BCS broadcast as part of Fox's rights holding of the package until 20... They had that hold the rights until 2010. The only game we didn't have was the Rose Bowl. Your announced team... Tom, I consider myself a man of faith. There's a deep drive in the left field by Castellanos, and that'll be a home run. Brenneman, Barry Alvarez, Charles Davis, and Chris Myers on the sidelines. The other highlight from the pregame show, during the coin toss, the coin hits a boom mic and lands on the ground. <laughs> I watched that back two times, like, wait a minute! 
That took a weird hop. Oh, and it's the boom bike and just collapses. Mm. Uh, I like the. I love the energy in the pregame. Um, mm-hmm. We've missed a lot of sports energy over the last twelve months or so. Um, especially, you know, college football and the NFL season wrapped up. There's no CFL, no U sports uh, football season. So just to see the crowd and hear how loud they were, see the marching bands, you know, it brings back, you know, great nostalgic memories. Mm-hmm. So the uh, first quarter, Oklahoma starts off with the ball. I freaked out for seeing the name Joe John Finley, who I haven't thought of in about 15 years, when they brought up the offensive players for the Sooners. I'm like, ah, oh, this brings me back. We're right into the wheelhouse of when I started watching college football as well, which we discussed before on my old show, the Basic Hockey Podcast. So this is all super nostalgic for me. I'm assuming it's kind of the same for you as well, because this would have been right around when you started watching college football too, right? Yeah, I probably started watching in, you know, probably 01, 02. Like, I remember that 01 uh, Miami Hurricanes team and Larry Coker winning uh, uh, the, the, the BCS title then. Um but yeah, probably about five years, but right at that point, you know, you're 17, 18, I think for me. So I'm really right into it and watching as much of it as I can. Because mm-hmm. you're a fellow 88, I think, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So yeah, probably right around that point. Yeah, so I would have been, because I started watching midway through 03 and then obviously 04, 05 with the USC teams. I was super hardcore into it. So this is all right around that wheelhouse. Anyway, opening drive of the game, serves with the ball. Almost ends in disaster as Paul Thompson's passes a wounded duck that's almost picked off by Corey Hall as the ball falls. Uh, Boise starts their drive at the twenty-eight at their twenty-eight yard line with twelve thirty-seven to go. Kind of driving along around the field here as it goes along. A couple plays into it, we have this drive started at Boise State's twenty-nine yard line. It's first and ten from the Oklahoma forty-nine. Play action, and Zabransky looking for it all, wide open in the end zone, touchdown Dryzen James! A play action to Ian Johnson, Zabransky, Jerry Zabransky chucks it down the field, finds a wide open Dryzen James for a 49-yard touchdown pass. Boise State takes the lead with 9.06 left, 7-0, 7 plays and 71 yards in 3 minutes and 31 seconds. One thing you notice about that touchdown play too is, you know, obviously Ian Johnson led the led the NCAA uh, in rushing touchdowns with twenty four, and I think he was second um, in yards per game over the season. But there's nine Oklahoma defenders in the box; they're mm-hmm. expecting that run, and you can just see those linebackers just crouch right down to the line of scrimmage and go, "Oh shoot!" And then <laughs> wide open James touchdown. So Oklahoma gets the ball back uh, after Joaquin Iglesias takes it to the nine yard line, but it's snuffed out. Uh, we actually start about an 11-yard line, so it's the game an extra two yards, according to my notes. Um, 8.56 left on the clock. This happens. Well, Oklahoma begins its second offensive series from its own 11-yard line. Thompson play action. Under heavy pressure, the ball is loose. And it looks like Boise State has it. The Broncos have recovered. Thompson drops back after a fake to Adrian Peterson. He bobbles the ball. He's under pressure. It's recovered at the nine-yard line by Boise State. And things are not going well here to start off the evening for the Sooners. Yeah, you see, you see Williams uh, you know, take down that, uh, that offensive lineman from Oklahoma. 
uh, coming off, I guess, the Oklahoma's right side, um, you know, forces the fumble and uh, recovers it. And Boise State's got first and goal, pounds it on the door, and looks like uh, David's going to take down Goliath, Goliath with a couple of quick swings. Mm-hmm. Mike Williams there that recovered the ball, uh, as Nathan mentioned. So Boise with the ball here on the Sooners' nine-yard line. Ian Johnson almost busts through the middle on his first play, but he falls around the two-yard line. He'll get the ball again here right now. Three tight ends in the game. They hand it to Johnson into the end zone. Wow. I'm not sure those are the words of Bob Stoops. Well, that I'll tell you what now. They responded to that. I thought we'd see an Oklahoma defense come out there and, and bow up. I didn't see it. That was pretty easy. What I liked about Boise State on that series was the mindset. Everyone thinks we're the little guy, that we can't run the ball against the bigger guy. We just ran right over you on two plays and went to the end zone. Mentally, that's huge for Boise State. Pretty easy two-yard run. Sorry, Nathan. Pretty easy two-yard run there by Boise State as Johnson scores. Two scores in a minute and 38-second span, 14-0 Boise State. Well, there's three tight ends in that set, too, (laughs) on the play call that Peterson had. Uh, So you kind of knew that Johnson was going to be running. Uh, right through everything. But to me, the thing that sticks out in the aftermath of the touchdown is Barry Alvarez in the booth just going, wow. <laughs> he does that again later on in a few other instances, which stands out along the way. What do you think of the booth as a whole, by the way? This is obviously their first time doing um, a major broadcast together. I, I, You know, I thought they did really good. You know, the, Tom Brenneman, obviously a legend. Uh, it doesn't really matter what kind of sport he's calling. Uh, but he was fantastic. You know, Charles Davis, I, I forgot he was even on there, um, you know, because, you know, you've seen Charles Davis in the last five, six, four years or even less um, on various other games in the past, but, uh, you know, I thought Barry Alvarez uh, fulfilled that kind of um, third guy in, in the booth really well, um, so I thought they worked really well, and, you know, I kind of wish Fox's broadcasts were like that today still. It, it, it didn't really also, when you have three guys in the booth, especially that first game, I was impressed that they didn't talk over as much as I thought might have happened with all three guys in there for the first time. Yeah, like if you watch when Fox had the U.S. Open, you know, the last few years before uh, 2020, uh, like that was a disaster. So this was nothing <laughs> like that. Future content on the show when we bash Fox's coverage. <laughs> anyway, Sooners get the ball back. Uh, their third drive of the game after 17 yard line was 7.20 to go. Paul Thompson takes on a play action after Pearson gets the first down for a 16-yard run. Uh, then a nice catch by uh, Joaquin Gleason and Sunset with third and two. Pearson sneaks over for a first down around midfield. Malcolm Kelly just about makes this crazy catch. He has two guys on him near around the three-yard line, but he ends up incomplete. Um, the Kelly situation will become a little bit more important as the game goes along here. Uh, third and six at the Boise 41-yard line. Thompson finds the glaciers at the 22. It was a long set for that play, though, as Thompson's waiting for the play call to change, which becomes a storyline as the game goes along. Uh, Peterson gets a few yards after he truck sticks a player from his own team. <laughs> Alan Patrick then gets a first down, second and three. Thompson then throws uh, for Kelly in the end zone. It's overthrown. A flag for pass interference is called on Kyle Wilson as he holds up Kelly. That sets up first and goal at the two-yard line. Pearson tries to go around the far sideline, but it gets snuffed out around the eight, and that sets up this play. This will be the final play, more than likely, of this opening quarter. Thompson to the end zone. Touchdown, Oklahoma. 
Manuel Johnson, his third receiving touchdown of the year, and the Sooners on the board. Thompson finds Manuel Johnson in the end zone, wide open from eight yards out. It's a 14-7 lead now for Boise State with 26 seconds left on the clock after a 13-play, 82-yard drive. You know, it was one of those really long plays that Oklahoma just kind of needed to settle themselves down after uh, shooting themselves in the foot with that early turnover and Boise going up two scores. So it was it was kind of the, the typical drive that you came to see from Oklahoma uh, that season. Thompson just managing everything pretty well and then, you know, finding uh, Emmanuel Johnson there in, in the end zone to, to make it a game early on, uh, or I guess late in the first quarter. We've got about 25, 26 seconds left to play when that score uh Comes in. Boise will return the ball out of the end zone the last play of the quarter. Gets about the 18-yard line which is where we start the second quarter. During that sequence, they cut to the Oklahoma sideline. I'm like, hey, look, it's a wild Sam Bradford on the sideline. <laughs> Starter of the future there for Oklahoma. All right, second quarter. Uh, Boise starts things off here uh, at the 18-yard line, as mentioned. It gets to about midfield. In a third, seven plays. The Bransky is a floater that goes over everyone. It was almost picked off by Marcus Walker. Walker basically blaming that he lost it in the lights as the ball was coming in there, and that ends that drive. But it's interesting as the game goes on here. You see some of the stuff that's kind of, especially with the Bransky as the game goes on, some plays that kind of you see later on that work for Boise and some plays that work at Oklahoma's defense. It was interesting to see, I don't know if you noticed as well, Nathan, some of those plays kind of develop as the game goes on. Yeah, I saw I saw some of those plays. Uh, to be honest, I saw more from from Oklahoma establishing it. You know, uh, you know, stretch play up to the left of Peterson, um, or you know, trying to get a fade route um, over in a mismatch with a uh, with a receiver or a tight end, a linebacker. Um, yeah, I mean, it probably was uh, from Boise State too, but I, I saw it more um, from Oklahoma trying to set things up. Mm, so Oklahoma gets the ball then with about two all forty seven left on the clock at their own fifteen yard line. Moving the ball around the field. Uh, there's a catch made about past midfield by Oklahoma wide receiver Quentin Chaney, who had only made one or two catches all season before this game. He becomes a key weapon as the game goes on. We'll kind of explain why. Thompson then throws a deep bomb over everyone. There's a flag for contact with Chaney. A 15-yard penalty moves the ball to the Boise State 33-yard line. After one play, we get a second and 10 here after this quick snap. Quick snap on a second and 10. Thompson looking to the end zone. Ball's underthrown, and it's intercepted by Ted. Thompson rolls out over the middle. Uh, however, Boise State defender Marty Tabman is back there to pick it in front of Joaquin Iglesias in the end zone. Second turnover for Oklahoma. Boise's going to get the ball at their 20-yard line of 10-24 left on the clock. I mean, Iglesias was wide open there. Mm -hmm. I mean, just like a duck of a throw from Thompson. Like, it was not even close. Like, it, it should be 14-14 game. And instead, you know, Boise State still has or has the ball back, still has the lead. Um, and they, they get a chance to add to their lead. But the thing that I really um, liked, and I mean, I, I'm – Probably going to hell for this, um, <laughs> but they kept showing that poor Oklahoma flautist. Um, you know, just they were all over that band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that poor blonde. I mean, she just just kind of every time uh, in the first half, they sh everything bad happened to Oklahoma, and they just focused on her and that band, and they're just like, uh... <laughs> we're it's like we were supposed to be up by thirty already. What's happening? Yeah. 
No cobras. No surrender cobras yet. They're, yeah, they're coming. It was coming. Uh, Boise doesn't really capitalize, though, on that interception. Zabranski's under pressure on a third and seven play. Pocket is collapsing. He finds Dryson James around a four-yard line, but it's ruled incomplete. Boise punts the ball away. Uh, Oklahoma's next drive starts at their 48-yard line. Patrick Powers, I'm Patrick Powers doing a first down, gets to about the 22. He's st- they're stopped a little bit later on. Fourth and two, the booth talks about possibly going for it. Instead, Garrett Hartley takes a 31-yard field goal attempt. It's now 14-10 with 5.38 left on the clock. I know they were talking about it, uh, the commentators, about, you know, it was fourth and one, maybe you go for it. Um, you know, it's so early. In the I was going to say, it's way too early to start talking about going exactly. for it there. And- and, I mean, Garrett Hartley, you know, you know, he led the, the New Orleans Saints uh, kicking team uh, for the uh, Super Bowl a few years later. But uh, he was 17 of 18 on the season kicking field goals before the game. So you got trust in your kicker. So Stoop says, okay, Hartley, go kick me one. Also, it's 2006. I feel like the play calling then, especially the way both offenses are, is dramatically different from today where it's kind of just running gun offenses. And oh, a lot yeah. more going so, for it. So much more conservative, uh, you know, 15 years ago. And probably five, six, mm-hmm. maybe years ago, things sort of started to change uh, in, in the game, in college football. But, yeah, then, no, kick the field goal. Exactly. So, Boise's next drive is going to start around uh, their 15-yard line, 528 left. We get a note here of a ad in the Boise's paper, the Idaho Statesman, from George Mason, their other Cinderella team from 2006. Another good year for Nathan. The Gators won a national championship in college basketball. Glory. Uh, on that first play of that drive, Zabranski almost throws a pick six um, to Nick Harris on the first play, which was interesting. Um, play go, The drive goes along here. There's another third and five play. Uh, Zabranski is swarmed and is sacked by Rufus Alexander for loss of six yards after he avoids two sack attempts. Uh, Oklahoma's going to start the next drive uh, after 35 yards with 3.34 left on the clock. Uh, at this point, we've noticed that Malcolm Kelly hasn't played for the last two seasons. Or two seasons. The last two series. Uh, under Possible concussion for Kelly. He's not going back for now. I don't think he comes back out for the rest of the game, which leads to Cheney, as we mentioned earlier, coming in and taking over that role, which changes things quite a bit for the Sooners' offense game because Kelly was their leading receiver all season. Yeah, huge loss for Oklahoma not having Kelly in there. Um, you know, all the other little, all the other pieces uh, seem to step up. Iglesias, uh, you're mentioning uh, uh, I have brain cramp here, um, but uh, yeah, all the other guys seem to step up as well. Um, and you know, they didn't really miss a beat when they had to uh, throw the ball. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Boise's going to get the ball, or Oklahoma has the ball here, as I mentioned, 35-yard line, 334 left on the clock. There's a screen pass to Joe John Finley. It's incomplete. He can't hold on. I was hoping that would be a trick play because that would be very exciting. Um, there was a holding penalty to start things off for Oklahoma. So they're back at about a first and 20. Then they get back to about the line of scrimmage. A third and 10 play, about 221 left after Sooners call a timeout. They got one left. Thomas under pressure. is an incomplete late flags for unsportsmanlike conduct, baiting, late hit by Iglesias, offsetting penalties for a fourth down. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> I was like, there's a taunting headbutt. There's, everything is happening there, but it's offsetting. Boise gets the ball back of 2.05 left on the clock after a punt uh, onto the 35-yard line. Must have been those Big Ten officials just kind of just, you get a flag, you get a flag, you get a flag. <laughs> 
I was hoping uh, that I'd recognize one of the refs. I'm like, no, I don't recognize any of these guys. This is I recognize the head ref. I mean, Ooh! He was, but but I, I remember him, you know, whether it was, uh, you know, at, uh, at the Horseshoe or the Big House. So, yeah, I remember him. There's, I think, I can't remember what year it was. I think it's the uh, the Florida-Oklahoma title game. Uh, Ron Cherry, ACC ref. I recognize him because of oh, his yeah. giving him a business oh, penalty. <laughs> Plus, he's got a distinct voice, too, so it's easy to recognize him. Anyways, exactly. Boise 6 drive uh, of the game. 35 yards with 2.05 left on the clock. Uh, Zabransky finds, uh, on, after a couple plays, uh, they get past midfield as Zabransky finds wide receiver Jared Rabb uh, around the 47 yard line. Boise takes its first time out. Uh, first down play is overthrown. It hits the ground just before Oklahoma picks it off again. There's fights for a false start. Zabransky steps up and takes off at second and 15. He's horse collar near the first down. No horse collar penalty yet until 2008. Yeah, I noticed that too. He's like, where's, where's the horse collar? I'm like, wait a minute. What? I had to look up as to when it was, but NCAA brought in layered in the NFL, apparently. Yeah. Anyways, at the Oklahoma 36. Now, Rab is out of bounds just short of the first down. 47 seconds left on the clock at this point. Boise's then flagged for 12 men in the huddle. That sets up a second and six. And then this. Zabransky steps away from trouble, throws to the far side, and James cuts it back to the inside. Now to the corner of the end zone. Touchdown. Holy mackerel. Zabransky is under pressure once again. He checks it near the sideline to James. James avoids a tackle and just sprints by everybody as he goes 32 yards for a touchdown. Boise leads 21 10 to 33 seconds left on the clock. You know, that's a, that's a great play by Zabransky. He's under pressure up the middle, gets flushed out uh, to the side. But the thing that I noticed about that throw is he looked like Patrick Mahomes present. Mm-hmm. Like, he was like looking in the middle of the field and he chucks it right. And James was right there, and yeah, you think he's going to go out of bounds. He ends up, you know, like say, running past all those OU defenders. But it was that throw by Zabransky. He looked like Mahomes. And he just, and when James gets it too, he just curls back. He blows by Zach Latimer, the linebacker. And he's just gone. Oh yeah, like it was like it was almost like it was set up to be a screen, fifteen yards down the field, the thirty yards across his body. So yeah, that pretty much wraps up the end of the. First half score at this point is 21-10 for Boise State. We don't get the halftime show, unfortunately, so it'll be interesting to see kind of what the thoughts of the panel was after that half. But alas, we don't get it in this broadcast. All right, starting off the third quarter of play, Boise gets the ball, but not much happens there. Oklahoma gets their start their drive with 12.47 to go. A couple plays later, we have this. They're reading it from the booth, checking the coverage. Now the call's coming down to change things or go with the play that's being called from the sidelines with Josh Heupel, the quarterback's coach. That play clock is down to three. They just do get it off. Thompson being chased by Browning. Just throws it up in the air to Cheney, and it's intercepted by Gerald Alexander. He's across the 35 to the 40. And nearly to midfield, the third Oklahoma turnover. A poor decision by, by, by Paul Thompson throwing across his body, across the field, nothing on the ball. 
That's like a jump ball. Across his body, across the field, and deep down the middle. You talk about the triangle of errors. Paul Thompson made them. And this is so uncharacteristic of him because he's been so error-free all year long. Boise State has the advantage. What a mess on third down. Thompson waits for the play to come in for the sideline. He just gets it off, runs around, chucks the ball downfield, and the triple coverage around Cheney. Gerald Alexander gets it at the 23. He takes it to the 47-yard line. Woof. I mean, it was just a just terrible decision again. Uh, you know, you haven't really seen many mistakes by Thompson all season, um, and there's his second kind of boneheaded play of the game. Um, you know, not only are you throwing it into triple coverage, uh, but you're throwing it across your body. Uh, you know, it's just it's one of those cardinal sins you can't do as a quarterback. You cannot throw it across your body unless you're Patrick Mahomes today. Exactly. Or, but then you're playing Tampa Bay, and then things go right. <laughs> Yeah. And then Alexander returns it up near midfield, so Boise State's got great field position and looking to, you know, add to their lead. Mm -hmm. Not much happens, though, once again here. They get a couple plays off, a second and seven. Then there's a late flag for a late hit by the Boise State tight end. I'm just double-checking who it was. Derek Showman, the senior. So that sends the ball back a bit there. Uh, Oklahoma will receive the ball around the 26. It's a fair catch. There's a block and a back penalty which moves Oklahoma back about 10 yards. They're starting to drive at the 12-yard line with 9.30 left to go here. Uh, after a flag, Peterson, there was a flag for a face mask on Boise. It was a five-yard penalty after an Adrian Peterson run. So Oklahoma making a little bit of progress on the drive when this happens. Peterson is in there, and Thompson to throw, and first down! Intercepted, and into the end zone goes Marty Tapman. Thompson's pass is picked, or is tipped, I should say, at the line of scrimmage by Corey Hall, the linebacker who's coming in on a blitz. Uh, it ends up going right to Tadman, who returns at 27 yards, 28-10 lead for Boise with 8.05 left on the clock, and things are unraveling again for Oklahoma. Yeah, that, that ball was tipped by, by Hall. Didn't, uh, didn't quite see it initially uh, when you're watching that play live. Uh, but, you know, it almost looked, uh, even though he had that tip, that Tadman was the target. Like, mm -hmm. he was running back, like, perfect route and everything. Um, but, you know, that, that zone coverage by Boise State, he got up to that flat just in time to Tadman. And, hey, there's football. Hey, there's six points. And Boise State's up 18. Oklahoma's next drive starts at the 13-yard line with 7.53 to go. Thompson have a couple passes to Iglesias to get around midfield. Stall, drive stalls out a little bit at that point, and now we're going to punt the ball away. Michael Cohen. As Tadman will let it drop, that ball checks up, and then hits. Did it hit a Boise State player? If it did, it'll be Oklahoma football, and it is Oklahoma football. The ball came back and hit a Boise State player in the leg. Communication is the key on those types of plays. When you are the punt returner, you have to make the call. You've got to get everyone away from the football. You've got to send out the signal. There it is, hitting him right there. He's right got to, the back of the leg. He's got to attack that ball, screaming to everyone, whatever their alert is. Right. They've got to call the alert and get him away from the football. Iona Key, uh, backup wide receiver. Hard to blame him there. No, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to blame. He's blocking. What yeah, he yeah. needs is to hear the call. Universally, the call's Peter. 
Peter, 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 get away from the football. Somehow that didn't get relayed enough for him to pick it up. He was just trying to block and help his team. Welp. <laughs> Punt takes a bounce. It ends up going off the back of the leg of Aona Key, the freshman wide receiver. Oklahoma gets the ball back, and they're going to start their next drive around the 11-yard line. For some reason, you know, they get the ball back around the uh, 5. I don't know where the ball is being placed in that play, but either way, just some bad luck for Boise on that one. Yeah, no, it's uh, you know, it's, it's perfect punt really from uh, from a punter's perspective, and then it's backing up. You know, you like it to bounce just a little bit forward, but that that spin on the ball backs it up. Uh, you know, bad bad decision by the by the Boise return man not uh, calling Peter, 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 mm-hmm. get everyone out of the way, um, and boom, hits key in the back of the leg, and uh, Oklahoma gets the ball. I think they say about the eleven yard line, and perfect chance to get back in the game. And they will do so on this play. Second and seven. Peterson to the end zone. His first score since breaking his collarbone against Iowa State. Back on October the 14th, and the Sooners are right back in it. I like to see him. If I'm Bob Stoops, I like what I see on the edge. You want to see him on the edge. You hope that that started to fire. You, you called it, Coach, about getting him out to the edge, getting to the corner. I was thinking some type of a miscorrection. Anything to get him out of the middle because of the way they've stacked things up inside and they're not getting the movement or the push up front. That time they got him on the move, Adrian Peterson get vaulted to the end zone. Second play of the drive, Peterson Peterson does his thing from eight yards out. His first touchdown since the injury against Iowa State on October 14th. Uh, Boise State's lead now down to 28-17 at 429 left in the third quarter. Yeah, that, a, that, that run reminds you of what you've come to see of Adrian Peterson over his career, whether it was at Oklahoma or whether it's been in the NFL at all of the stops he's been at, but obviously most notably in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, that perfect run on the outside, a stretch, a stretch run, uh, broke a couple of tackles on the way in, but uh, it's like Easy, easy touchdown for Oklahoma there. And the thing is, too, especially as I watch the game, there's certain times when Pearson gets it, it feels like he's about to break it at any point, which is kind of what it was like watching him during that time frame, especially at Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Guy could just break any play, like you say, go for 80 yards, no problem, you know, all day. That's what they call them. Boise's next drive starts at the 18-yard line. Zabranski finds Rab just short of a first down. Zabranski again scrambles around on second and two, chucks into an offensive lineman. <laughs> Apparently that's not allowed. Um, <laughs> illegal touching penalty. Oklahoma declines. It's third and seven. It's in and out of the hands of Jared Rab uh, on the far sideline for or first down attempt. So Oklahoma's going to get the ball back with 314 left at the 39-yard line. I enjoyed that scrambling around, just playground, chuck it to the old line and play. That was outstanding. <laughs> I always, yeah, I always used to do that in the backyard. <laughs> Just pure, like, blitz, NFL blitz-style play right there. Anyway, Oklahoma drive with about thir- uh, 3.14 left on the clock. There, the second and nine play, there's a fake reverse to Adrian Pearson and a pump fake. Iglesias is wide open at the 40-yard line, gets it to the 30. The third variant of that play, because there's one where Peterson takes, they fake, the, or the one running back takes it, then Peterson took it, and this is the third different variant of that play. The camera even bit on the fake as well. Thompson then runs a rollout on a first down for nine yards. Alan Patrick busted up to the 10-yard line on a second. He could have scored but fell. Uh, a couple plays later, uh, Cheney almost hauls in a jump ball pass from five yards out but drops it trying for the one-handed attempt. A third and goal play. Thompson is swarmed and sacked on pretty much the last play of the quarter. Tom Brenneman is triggered at the play calling at this point. 
Tom Bremen, what a national treasure. <laughs> and the three quarters, it's 28-17 for Boise State. Hartley kicks a 28-yard field goal. It's good. It's now 28-20-14-57 left on the clock in the fourth quarter, which brings us to some trivia. The largest deficit overcome at this point in the Fiesta Bowl, Nathan, is 14 points, done twice. 1988, Florida State came back to beat Nebraska 31-28, and 1985, UCLA 39-37 over Miami. That gap would be uh, tied, spoilers, not in this game, um, in 2012, Oklahoma State 41-38 over Stanford, and that deficit overcoming of 14 points, that record was broken December of 2019. Clemson was down 16 points to Ohio State, won 29-23 in that semifinal classic. God, I love when Ohio State loses. It just it just makes my day every time I hear about Ohio State losing. Uh, Football, basketball, tiddly, softball, tiddly, baseball. Tiddly, tiddly winks. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Boise's drive will now start uh, at the 27-yard line with 14.48 left on the clock. Uh, Ian Johnson gets a nice run at the 45-yard line for a first down. Uh, that was Boise's first, first down uh, of the second half on that play. Uh, third and eight, up getting a third and 13 later on. So Branson takes off down the middle, but it's eaten up by Rufus Alexander in open field tackle. So a fourth and five. So Oklahoma uh, will get the ball back on a punt play. Not a lot happens on that next drive, though Marty Tavin is murdered by Lewis Baker on the punt return, and Barry Alvarez is fired up about it. That was a hit. That was a hit. <laughs> There was a couple ones before that, too. Alexander Openfield hit on Zabransky. Uh, Adrian Pearson is wrecked <laughs> um, in the backfield by one of the boys. You guys, the big boys are coming out to make some hits now. Now, the question is, how many of those hits in today's game would be called unnecessary roughness? Ooh. Softies. That's a good question. I mean, the punt return one isn't as bad as when uh, Brett Smith and I did the uh, – Great Cup game and the kicker, our punter in Calgary, gets murdered on that block. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, I, I mean, there's a few stuff, and we did Catholics Convicts about a few months ago now. There's some stuff there that's like, yeah, no. Well, the horse collar definitely would definitely, obviously it's not a penalty oh, at that yeah. point. That's the one for sure I know if thought, I'm like, yeah, no, that's not going to fly in today's game. Well, and there was a couple of uh, incidental face masks, too, in that game. You're going like, what are those things? Oh, yeah, I remember when they were five yards. Yes, I'm like, incidental face mask. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in this economy? Anywho, um, Boise's drive at the 49-yard line of 10-29 left. Handing off the ball to Ian Johnson here on this drive to get across midfield for a first down. Um, this is going to be the fourth run play in a row here by Johnson as we join this play in progress. You're going to keep seeing him get the ball until he stops. Hard to bring him down. And is that ball loose? On the far side. Yes, it is. Oklahoma has recovered. Rufus Alexander stripped it away, and Curtis Lofton covered it up. As he's going down, uh, the ball is ripped out by Rufus Alexander. Oklahoma recovers, uh, and they're going to start this drive at their 29-yard line with 8.34 left on the clock. Really nice play by Alexander to take that one over. Yeah, and it almost looked like Johnson's forward progress was stopped. You wonder Mm -hmm. if that was maybe a consideration if there was uh, if there was replay or more replay, um, you know, back then. But uh, it almost looked like he was stopped. But you know, hey, you got to give the the benefit of the doubt to Alexander and that defense for that hustle and that that strip. 
Oklahoma doesn't take advantage, though. They have a couple plays there. Thompson throws a deep bomb to Chaney. It's overthrown. They put it in the end zone for a touchback. Boise gets the ball after 20-yard line with 6-1 left on the clock. Third and one plays. Zabransky rolls out and finds his tight end, number 91, Derek Showman, for a first down. Uh, a short yard for a first down. Johnson then gets a big run, redeeming himself for that fumble. At the 45, gets to the 45 with a uh, about 4.24 left on the clock as Oklahoma calls a timeout. Just before a second and nine play, Charles Davis mentions, there has not been a lot of trickery so far. Oh, Charles, you don't know what you speak. <laughs> Oklahoma calls another timeout uh, on a second and nine. Bob Stoops is mad because he wants a penalty for Boise with 12 players once again. Uh, they're pretty much trying to burn clock at this point. A third and ten, Zabransky steps up and is dropped. Oklahoma is going to get the ball back on the 23-yard line with 2.40 left on the clock. Still a lot of time left, Nathan, but at this point it's kind of like, okay, kind of interesting to see what happens with Oklahoma here because these last few drives have kind of gone somewhere and then stalled out. Yeah, I mean, just n- neither team really could get much going in the way of offense in the second half. I think uh, Boise State had a total of three first downs in the entire second half. Yeah. Yet yeah, somehow managed two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of them was the pick six, but... Exactly. Um, so, Oklahoma starting this drive after 23-yard line with 2.40 to go. First down pass for Cheney for 12 yards. Uh, they're kind of slowly working their way down the field here. Manuel Johnson avoids number tackles to get to midfield. Thompson then finds a Glacius a 16-yard gain in 23 uh, for t- uh, two minutes left in the clock. Thompson then rushes for eight yards. My favorite thing about this play, he avoids a tackle from one of the uh, defensive players. I forget who it is. Uh, it's D-tackle Andrew Browning. Browning has lost his helmet, and he's trying to go for the tackle. <laughs> I just Perfect enjoy- play from from uh, guys from the seventies and eighties. They would love that. <laughs> exactly. Give that. Put that man in the Hall of Fame today. Uh, a second and two play. Uh, shortly after that, uh, Thompson throws a slant pass to Quinton Cheney. Uh, that is called a flag for pass interference on Quinton Jones, the uh, cornerback. Uh, that sets up a first and goal uh, with about one thirty-one left on the clock at the six-yard line. To the end zone, tipped, caught by Cheney. Wow. Touchdown, Oklahoma. Now they have to go and get two. Pass over the middle is tipped up in the air by number 42 uh, from the uh, Broncos, and it ends up floating right into the arms of one of the Oklahoma players. That being... Uh, that being <laughs> that being Cheney, touchdown Oklahoma. It is now just a couple of points away from tying this thing up. 28-26 with one twenty-six left. Now we're getting into the part where it's true college football, Nathan, where weird things are happening. Yeah, I mean, like you could you could probably, if you wanted, you know, not have really watched anything of this game until this this Oklahoma drive that uh, would end up, you know, tying the game. Um, and, and still been enjoyed the last 30, 35 minutes of, of the game. Mm-hmm. So it's 28-26. Oklahoma's obviously going to go for two here. There's a lot that's going to happen here. Let's start off with this first two-point attempt. Thompson, jump ball to the corner, and a flag comes down on Scandrick, who's back in the game. He got tied up with Cheney. This 
This is just the second two-point attempt of the season for Oklahoma. Pass to Cheney. He's tied up by one of the defensive backs, Orlando Skandrick of Boise State. Uh, that sets up um, pass interference flag, and so Oklahoma's going to go for it again here on this attempt. Three tight end set. Adrian Peterson in the eye. Gresham on the jump ball to the end zone. He... Did he get it? There's a flag down. Still no signal given by the official. There is a flag on the play. It's going to be interesting because Gresham was the motion man over there, splitting wide. They tried to use him to isolate by formation a mismatch, which they did. Let's see what the flag is, though. Was he not set, Charles? Could be. Could be. Illegal shift. Offense. Two men moving without reset. Five-yard penalty. Still on the try. The call. Holy mackerel. The, the call was excellent. Watch, Gresham, there's the motion by Finley, and there goes the motion by Gresham 18. 19 and 18, the two tight ends in motion. I love the call in terms of isolating him on the linebacker, and now they've got a big one. Things I had a heart attack for in this game. Freshman Jermaine Gresham! He is tied up with the defensive back, catches the ball. There's a long wait before any ruling comes in. We have an illegal shift penalty, which means a third attempt after a three-point or a two-point conversion. Pump fake. Thompson to the end zone. Catch is made and we're tied at 28 by Joaquin Iglesias. What an unbelievable drive led by the senior Paul Thompson. They try to throw another fade. But good awareness by Thompson and patience to find open receiver. The numbers of Paul Thompson on this drive, guys, 5 for 5, 66 yards, reminds you of the 99-yard drive against Nebraska in the Big 12 title game where he was 6 of 8 on that drive and led them downfield for a touchdown. Well, when they were down by 18, both of you guys said, in our amount of time this week with Bob Stoops and the Oklahoma staff, character, the number one word repeated over and over and over again about Paul Thompson. Well, we said it earlier, but this is about expectations. Oklahoma expects to win. No one panicked on the drive. You saw Thompson, who's been struggling during the day. He's had some issues, takes him straight down the field. No, everyone kept their composure, made plays when they had to, and overcame a penalty. I know one thing, you and I are both fired as play callers because we kept calling that <laughs> run pass option, and they wanted to stay in the pocket, and it worked for them. Pass over the middle. Iglesias catches it. After a long wait, it's good. There's a booth review, but he gets the ball before it goes down. Woo! After all that, Nathan, it is finally 28-28. Yeah, it, it felt like, uh, you know, we were watching uh, an entire drive with those three two-point conversion attempts. You know, I think the first the first call was kind of a meh call against Skandrick. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I get the call, but, you know, I like I like the idea of letting the letting them play and it looked like mostly hand fighting anyways to me but um and then the second thing uh you know gresham catches catches it on the fade route but you know that illegal shift he didn't uh, he didn't set himself uh, in time and uh, boom you see so you got a, a two-point convert a, a chance to tie the game it's the last chance for oklahoma but you gotta go for seven yards now glacius he's in, he's open in the middle thompson doesn't make another mistake mm -hmm. and boom the game's tied I just wasn't. I knew Jermaine Gresham was on the roster. I just was not expecting him to make a that big of an impact in the game. <laughs> hey, 
some some guys are called to greatness in moments. Mm-hmm. And Gresham was. My my note here is Jermaine Gresham, all capitals, four question marks, three exclamation marks. <laughs> We're not talking about Cincinnati. I wish. Anyway. Boise now is going to get the ball back here at their 25-yard line with 116 left on the clock. Clock is running. They've set the ball, and Zabransky a dangerous throw, and it's intercepted into the end zone, Marcus Walker. Unbelievable. Welp. <laughs> Zabransky chucks it straight, and I mean straight, to a wide-open Marcus Walker. Walker takes it back, picks six, down the sideline, keeps inbounds, 35 yards. What is that throw? What is happening? 25 unanswered points for the Sooners. They now lead 35-28 with 102 to go. Surrender Cobra's abound. Had I seen this live, I would have been dead. I mean, Zabranski had played really a fantastic game throughout uh, up until that point. You know, a couple throws here and there, like every other quarterback, you know, seemingly has in college football. But that one just made zero sense. You know, uh, was it supposed to be a timing route uh, with the receiver? Was it supposed to be a, a throwaway when you when you saw the receiver or when you saw the defensive back right on the uh, the sideline there? But he just he chucked that thing, and it was like, hey, Walker, I'm right here. I'm running it back, and. Yeah, like you say, 25 unanswered by Oklahoma. Like, at 28-10, you know, watching it, I kind of thought the game might be over. But, like, and now you're like, oh, shoot, Oklahoma's got the lead. Boise State's got a score. This is, like, exactly how you kind of drew up the game um, as a fan beforehand. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, Boise State's going to go in. They're going to score late to tie the game. Uh, so we had that opportunity here. Boise also has two timeouts left here as they start under 22-yard line with 54 seconds left. Zabransky finds Shuin on first down. He gets to the 43 in Oklahoma Territory. Zabransky's then sacked, which sets up second 18. It's just about caught by Dryson James for a first down around the 30-yard line, uh, but he's hit and the ball is knocked out of his hands. Third and 18 with 23 seconds left. Zabransky passes to Rab near the first down over the middle, but it's incomplete, which brings us fourth and 18 with 18 seconds to go. They need to get to the Oklahoma 32 to move the chains. A last gasp for the Broncos. Bransky's legs might be critical here to save time on throwing the ball. Down the middle, James, the lateral! To the corner of the end zone! Can you believe that? I've seen it all. Now. Jesus Jones, what a play. <laughs> James catches it, short of the first down, tosses it to Rab, who has Ian Johnson with him for a second lateral if you need it. He speeds around. He's almost caught by the Oklahoma Sooner defender, dives in for a touchdown. The hook and ladder works to perfection. 35-35 with second, seven seconds left on the clock. And this game just you know, goes much, straight into the stratosphere. As much as you, you've seen so many um, you know, ridiculous plays, pick sixes, uh, this hook and ladder play, um, more other plays that you'll see later on mm-hmm. in the game, to me, this is the play of the game. Yeah. Um, for, for me, uh, hook and ladder, like that is backyard football to a T. Right? Yeah, I'm going to throw it across the middle. There's my buddy. Um, we're gonna, and the whole defense is going to shift and swarm him to tackle him. And then, oops, 
I'm going to flip it behind my back uh, to my teammate. And I got green, nothing but green turf all the way to the end zone. And at the end, we have another Alvarez moment. I've seen it all. And it's just his tone, the way he says it. It's just, he's starstruck. Exactly. Um, Squib kick ends the fourth quarter. Uh, 35-35 as we head to overtime. Both teams get the ball at the 25-yard line. Oklahoma starts things off with this. Adrian Peterson in the backfield. Overtime is underway, and Peterson with the football. Off to the left side. Down the sideline. Leach, did he get in or step out of bounds? Touchdown, Adrian Peterson. That did not take long. That's what I just... Where was more of that stretch play earlier in the ball game with Adrian Peterson? I like him running that stretch play. I like him running that, anything. Well, that, was, that was blocked very well. <laughs> it was. Blocked very well, but I tell you what, he's got a burst. He gets to that corner. There's a seaman. He can get it. Left side, great hole. Inside, outside. Inside, outside. You had 72, Robinson, 79, Messmer, and then Cooper, number 50, and then look downfield. Nice block by Iglesias, number nine. And number 84, Cheney occupied enough of the DB to get into the end zone. Big point after. And it is good. Off the foot of Garrett Hartley. So one play, a 25-yard touchdown run by Adrian Peterson in overtime. His father celebrating. Can Boise answer? Adrian Peterson, everybody. If you want a vintage Adrian Peterson run, it is this play from 25 yards out. Oklahoma scores. Point after is good. 42-35. Yeah, that, that run was way too easy. It was a carbon <laughs> copy of the, the touchdown he had earlier in the game. Yeah, just another stretch run out to the left side. Uh, perfectly blocked uh, by the offensive line on the left side there and uh, on the tight end. Um, but come to think of it, in that moment, you don't realize that's the last play, the last time Adrian Peterson touched the ball in college football. 25-yard mm-hmm. touchdown. Way too easy. And I was going to say, when it comes to that, too, I mean... You don't know it at the time. I mean, everybody kind of figures he's going to go, but I think that's pretty much the best way to also kind of cap things off as well. Yeah, like, I mean, he's uh, he's obviously still active uh, in the NFL, even though he, he doesn't currently have a team or will be a free agent uh, in March coming up. But, um, you know, uh, for a future Hall of Famer and future college football Hall of Famer, I'm sure, uh, you know, that uh, that was the perfect play for him to end his career. Oklahoma, or so after an Oklahoma touchdown, I should say, Boise State gets the ball to try and respond here. First play is interesting. Uh, it's a pitch play to uh, number 19, uh, Vinny Peretta, who almost throws it back to Zabranski, but it stopped at the line. I'm kind of curious what play that was going to be if he threw it back to Zabranski. Oh, gosh. I, you can only imagine what, what could have been uh, there. You know, just all the two, all the tricks out of the trick bag are coming out from Peterson and that Boise offense. Uh, all of the fun stuff is going on here. Uh, they're slowly working their way down the sideline. Uh, there's a second. Johnson gets a second and eight. The power run gets closer to the first down. Uh, third and one at the four. Johnson is stuffed. The ball comes loose, but it's ruled that the knee is down. Uh He's down at the five-yard line for Oklahoma has it. I mean, on the replays, they're saying, oh, he's down. I'm like, I don't know if Ian was actually down before that play was called. Yeah, like, I mean, you watch the replay, too, and it looked like his knee was down, but, you know, it's it's so close to, to call. Um, but I'm sure every Broncos fan um, from, from Boise to Glendale there was uh, holding their breath, thinking, no, we can't lose this way. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, after that Ian Johnson uh, play there, that sets up 
fourth and two at the five-yard line. Coach Alvarez had spotted it. Against San Jose State, they needed a two-point conversion to get it done in a touchdown. They used Jared Zabransky using his legs, sprinting to the corner with a run-pass option, and he delivered the pass. And Ian Johnson out of the game. Catching balls is not his forte. Vinny Perretta is a converted wide receiver in the backfield. And he's behind center, and the quarterback, Zabransky, is in motion. They do this a lot. Perretta to take the snap. He's going to throw it to the end zone. Touchdown! They're going to go for two, guys. I'm telling you, they are tired. Listen, when you're Cinderella, at a certain point, you don't keep slugging with the big guy. They're going to try and win the football game right now. That's Can what you? I'm telling you. The trick play festival continues. It's a halfback pass by Peretta. Finds the tight end, Derek Schoen, who somehow just bursts his way through the line to get open in the end zone. Touchdown for Boise. Charles Davis immediately calls right away going for two. Oklahoma immediately calls a timeout as well to get things set up here. Uh, before we get to the big play here, thoughts on that touchdown play, Nathan? Uh, well, obviously, uh, the, the first thing to note is uh, the nation's uh, leading uh, touchdown guy on the ground, Ian Johnson. He's not even in the game. No, he's out after so, that play. <laughs> right? So, um, you know, are they are they going to run the ball? Okay, probably not. Okay, so what do you do? You have this, uh, you have Brett in the backfield. Zabransky motions left. Mm -hmm. So, you know, okay, he, he, he can't throw it to Zabransky, can he? I mean, they did the hook and ladder earlier, but no, I can't do that. Um, but Preda, very patient, bides his time, bides his time. And it's it's really the perfect throw. Like, he looked like a quarterback. Schumann reaches out just over the defender, hauls it in. I think he juggled it just a hair. Yeah. Um, but it was it was absolutely perfect. Um, and, yeah, hey, we set the stage for Charles Davis's call, going for two and the win. Right before the play happens, Tom Brenneman decides this is the perfect time to scream about wanting a playoff. Tom, you never just got the BCS contract. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> uh, We're still calling for it. I, I know. I was like, I was like nothing has changed 15 years later. <laughs> uh, we have a playoff, but, we <laughs> but my national champion UCF didn't get in. Anyway. It, you you probably know what happens next if you're a casual college footballer or a diehard fan like Nathan and I. But here it is, a two-point convert. Guys, I still don't think... don't need to worry about anything else right now. Let's take a look at this. Zabransky, I still think him with some type of run-pass option going to the right. Boise State for the win. They hand it off to Johnson. Boise State has won the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Can you believe it? What else can you say? Statue of Liberty works to perfection. The ball gets tossed in the Rosette. Davis says the counterplay from earlier in the year, which if you watched the SB Nation Rewinder, they show you the other two-point plays which run of that formation. Boise State wins it 43-42. Like, to me, the first thing that I noticed um, is just how quickly uh, Boise State broke the huddle. Mm -hmm. like they all got to the line of scrimmage super quickly. And then he backs up, takes his three or five-step drop back, and kind of like freezes. And obviously that's the idea of a Statue of Liberty. Um, but it just looked like the linebackers for Oklahoma froze. Zabransky froze. Johnson froze. Like, other than the offensive linemen? Really? Everything seemed like nothing was moving. Yeah. 
and then boom, Johnson off the left side, untouched, perfectly blocked. And at, to be fair, I mean that that throw uh, of of the, of the game winning points, the two point convert, that ball to the stands, like that was an awful throw. Like you could throw better. Than that. <laughs> uh, that's even a highlight for Johnson from the whole thing during the interview with Chris Myers, which you're going to hear as the final clip of this episode. Johnson proposes to his girlfriend and head cheerleader. Chrissy Papadis um, just caps the whole thing off. If this was a movie, they'd throw out the script. This is way too unrealistic, Nathan. The, script, the Hollywood writers would tell you. Hey, I mean, uh, I think Chris Myers actually spilled the beans early. Yes! Before, before Johnson even even got down on one knee. He's like, I don't think Johnson's, Ian Johnson here is going to propose to his longtime girlfriend. And her eyes just... What? So like, what? what what's, what's happening? Oh, man. So, but, I mean, even... Even uh, before that proposal that, you know, Myers kind of ruined, I guess, um, <laughs> you know, he, he asked Johnson, he said, did you feel like Oklahoma disrespected you guys? And he said, yeah, all game. You know, we, we felt like uh, uh, they were just, you know, basically clowning us um, for being here. And in the end, Boise State pulls off, you know, one of the, uh, the greatest upsets in, in college football history. So the final stats from the game. Uh, on the Boise State side of things first, Zabransky, 19-29 for 262 yards passing, three touchdowns and an interception. Ian Johnson, 23 carries for 101 yards and a touchdown. Dryson James, leading receiver, three catches, 96 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, on the defensive side of things, Tadman with two picks. Uh, Alexander with another pick. Uh, Wilson with 10 tackles. Oklahoma, uh, Thompson was 19-32 for 233 yards, two touchdowns, and three interceptions, the most in his career. Peterson does not break Billy Sims' record. He finishes with 20 carries for 77 yards and two touchdowns. And going back to Peterson, one of the things they talked about during the game, because they're obviously Alan Padre coming later in the year, and they're kind of, it seems like they're letting Peterson feel himself out a little bit and then let him run a little bit more as the game went on. And I think if it hadn't been down a bit and you're trying to pass the ball there, you probably would have seen Peterson potentially break that mark, depending on how the score would have been, I think, Nathan. Yeah, I think, you know, I'd like say at the start of the game, you know, you think, you know, he hasn't played in almost three months, Peterson, but um, the way everyone's billing this game, it's David Goliath, you know, uh, Goliath's just going to crush David. So, you know, Adrian Peterson's going to get, you know, maybe 30 carries, right? And he's probably going to average five yards a carry at least, right? So there you get to 151 to break Sims' record, but... Uh, obviously, that wasn't <laughs> the way the game ended up going. Uh, to, to me, the, the biggest stat was turnovers. There were eight mm-hmm. turnovers in this game, and that's what made this game so fun too. You had these pick sixes, you had these uh, the punt hitting the back of the leg, the fumble by Johnson, um, right? Like, yeah, you have all these plays that change the parameter of the game that spin it around 180 degrees. So, five by Oklahoma, three by Boise State. Um, you know, I think they said. Uh, early in the um, coach Pearson told him earlier in the week that hey if we get uh, if we get two turnovers we're doing really good if we win, get three turnovers we're gonna win the game they got five yeah so, hey no wonder they won the game uh rounding the Oklahoma stats Iglesias leading receiver six catches for 120 yards Alexander a monster game on defense 17 tackles one and a half sacks and Walker 33 yards interception return pick six there um, some other notable stats from the game. Uh, Boise State wins the Lucas National Championship. Uh, more on that in a minute uh, for the last bowl game because you're the last undefeated team in the country. Zabransky is named MVP of the game and gets the cover of NCAA Football 2008. Would go on to play for Edmonton and CFL in 09 and 10. Ian Johnson graduates in 2009, spends three years on NFL practice squads, and is now working at State Farm in Boise. So if you need some insurance, Nathan, if you're in Boise, you know where to go. 
Well, I've been to Idaho, but I have not been to Boise. That was pre-pandemic. A trip to Boise was in the car to last year's summer vacation, but alas, postponed for a little bit. Uh, and as we talked about earlier, Pearson's final game in Oklahoma uniform leads for the NFL, drafted seventh overall by the Minnesota Vikings, uh, ends up third all-time in rushing. Uh, there's still three more BCS games after this. Uh, the Orange Bowl the following day, Louisville beats Wake Forest 24-13. Sugar Bowl, Jamarcus Russell goes off against Notre Dame, 41-14 win for LSU. And a game that Nathan wanted to do, probably an episode at some point in the future, Florida pounces Ohio State 41-14 the national championship. And that was after Ted Ginn returned the opening kickoff 93 yards for a touchdown. But then, yeah, I think he had like an ankle or a, or a foot injury and he missed the rest of the game. So Florida outscores Ohio State 41 uh, to 7. The, the rest of the, four, uh, what is it, 54-45 of the game. Uh, you'd love to see it if you're Nathan Lewicki. All right. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Moving ahead as to what happens to both programs. We'll start with Boise State. Boise goes 10-3 in 2007. They lose their second game of the season to Washington, then their final game of the year at Hawaii. Colt Brennan, baby! Uh, and then lose to Hawaii, or the Hawaii Bowl to ECU. Boise runs the table again in 2008. The only problem is Utah did the same thing, and they go to a BCS game to beat Alabama. Uh, Boise loses to TCU to Ponciana Bowl. Boise runs the table again in 2009, beats TCU in the Fiesta Bowl, starts 10-0 in 2010, um, and we're ranked third in the country before losing 34-31 to Nevada, Colin Kaepernick's big breakout game in college in that one. Uh, they then beat Utah in the Las Vegas Bowl 26-3. They leave the WAC after 2010 to join the Mountain West. They're 8-0 to start that season before losing to TCU 36-35. Uh, they finished the year 12-1 by thumping Arizona State in the Vegas Bowl. Peterson leaves after 2013 for the Washington job. Record of 92-12 and at Boise State. Brian Harson takes over. He goes 69-19 before leaving for Auburn. Boise returns to the Fiesta Bowl in 2014, beat Arizona. They also run a Statue of Liberty play in that game on offense, which is exciting to see. Um, so that kind of is, <laughs> exactly, uh, Andy Avalos, former Boise and Oregon defensive coordinator, now the head coach for the Broncos, Oklahoma following season, 11 and three, they lose at Colorado and Texas tech. They beat number one, Missouri in the big 12 title game in that wild season, uh, but lose the Fiesta Bowl 48 to 28, uh, in 2008, despite losing to Texas, they go 11 and one. They win the big 12 over Missouri, five straight games to end the year where they scored 60 points. Sam Bradford wins the Heisman. Nathan's Florida Gators come in and win a national championship, though, 24-14 at the Orange Bowl. You, there's nothing but good news in that there. <laughs> Florida win, wins wins the Orange Bowl. Florida beats Oklahoma. Everything is, is gravy. Well, it's technically the BCS title game, but it's really the Orange Bowl. Um, Stoops, ah, whatever. <laughs> Stoops leaves uh, in 2016. Of a 190 and 48 record, uh, they reached the semifinal in the College Football Playoff for the 2015 season. Lost at Clemson. Lincoln Riley's been the head coach since. Uh, 45 and eight, but three straight semifinal losses to Georgia, Alabama, and LSU prior to the season. So I guess kind of to wrap things up on that side of things, same for both programs. It's kind of be interesting to see what's kind of happened since. And I mean, Boise hasn't quite hit the heights that they were when after Peterson left, and Oklahoma just kind of keeps on trucking along, though their offense completely different now than what it was 15 years ago during this game. Yeah, I know you look back at, at uh, a lot of history in, in football, whether it's college or whether it's the NFL, and, you know, some coaches were just destined to have one job and, and just make it what it is there. You know, you think of today Nick Saban at Alabama, 
yeah, he won a title at LSU, but he's won, I think, six now at, at Bama. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like Chris Peterson at Boise State, you know, just just that record and, and the mystique that he brought to Boise State's program uh, through that, that year in, in 06 and then all the way through. Um, and just not having really the success at Washington other than, I think, leading them to, to one um, CFP semifinal. Um, so, yeah, I just I wonder sometimes what uh, – what uh, Chris Peterson um, and Boise State maybe would have would have done if uh, if he was if the two of them were still together, or if maybe Boise State had joined the Pac-12. Like there, there's a thought uh, mm-hmm. for down the road, even more future content to discuss in this podcast. All right, two part questioning. Let's get the first one out of the way. Well, let's be honest. This is worth going back to watch. <laughs> I needed to ask you that question. Oh yeah, like I totally go watch this game again. Um, you know, you, you could pull it up in a year, in six years, in 20 years, um, and it, it would be just fantastic just to, to reminisce and enjoy. Um, you know, I can only imagine, you know, 25-year anniversary of, of that victory for Boise State, what those players and coaches that are still around, uh, what they'll feel. Mm-hmm. And I guess the second question I ask, I would ask, where does this rank among the best college football games you've seen? Uh, for me, I probably would say it's number one. Um, you know, there's, there's other games, uh, obviously Appalachian state, uh, going to the big house and beating Michigan, um, to be, to be, uh, very self, uh, or not objective, I should say, um, any Florida Gator win in a, in a college football, uh, title game, whether it's BCS or not. Um, but to me, just, just the magnitude of this game, you know, you have this blue blood of, of college football in Oklahoma, this, this relatively new young punk in uh, in Boise State only been in uh, Division 1A for about 10 years um going head to head the atmosphere it's a newer stadium at Glendale Arizona um i, I can't can't even remember what the spread in the game was but i'm going to guess it was at least seven and a half, maybe even closer to 10 and a half. let me see if i can um, find that hold on keep rambling though as i looked it up but yeah, no, just uh, you, you had so many, you know, game-changing plays from a pick six to on both sides, the trick plays, the Statue of Liberty, uh, the hook and ladder, the, the halfback pass. Um, you had eight turnovers. Uh, you had uh, a future college football and NFL Hall of Famer, Adrian Peterson. You had Barry Alvarez in the booth. You, know, you mentioned Fox's first uh, game uh, after signing the, the new contract um, to, to deliver the BCS games. I thought everything about it, the atmosphere around it, was was phenomenal, um, and the fact that you know you had that David stun Goliath so many times, um, and then finally delivered that that knockout blow by freezing mm-hmm. him essentially it froze the froze that defense froze that those linebackers and and Ian Johnson kind of waltzes into the left side of the end zone, and and delivers the biggest victory in in. In school history, obviously, in, in WAC conference history when it existed. Pour one um, out for the WAC, everybody. Yeah, like, I mean, I I really do have a hard time um, thinking of a better game. You know, I probably think more recently maybe um, Florida State beating Auburn in the national title game. I think that was the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Uh, I want to say about 2013-ish. Um, you know, Auburn beating Oregon, too, in the, in the national title game uh, with Cam Newton. Um, like those are some some good games. I think probably a comparison in more recent years, um, or sorry, in, in years more recent to uh, to this game that we talked about, uh, would have been Ohio State 
beating Miami. Mm-hmm. I think I think that was a double overtime, or yeah. a triple overtime, if I remember correctly, and Maurice Claret. So, <laughs> but yeah, this one takes the cake for me. Mm-hmm. By the way, seven and a half Oklahoma was the favorite in that game, so you're pretty good on that line. Yeah. Hey, I I don't know if I if I I think well I would have probably been of legal age to bet. Um, not in Vegas, but I was gonna uh, say in Canada. I think we're around. We could actually go st- start getting pro- sports selector pro line or whatever it is uh, in your in your region. Yeah, it could be. You know, if I if I were to think back, you know, I I I'm not like I know Bob Stoops coaching in Florida um, in the '90s and was part of that uh, that first national title uh, win um, under Coach Spurrier. I think he was the defense coordinator. Um, but I never really liked Oklahoma. I still really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it was me and I was betting, I probably would have said, you know what, screw it. I'm going to put on Boise State. Um, Boise State's also got orange and blue. Uh, Florida Gators have orange and blue. Edmonton Oilers have orange and blue. So all- I think I have this thing for orange and blue. Uh, so you mentioned a Fiesta Bowl. Now, I haven't seen that game in full, so I can't say on that one for 3 I think it's definitely in the top five for games that I've seen. I finally saw Catholics Convicts for the first time. Back last year, which is an incredible game from '88. Um, USC Notre Dame biased is number one for me, but I'll see how that holds up on a future episode of this podcast. Also, that's fair. Like I, I see that game too as being being a top five game, just based on the, the rivalry between those two schools and just the way it ended with the controversy. Mm-hmm. Um, I will have to revisit in a future episode the 06 Rose Bowl. So. <laughs> I haven't yeah, seen that yeah. game since it happened live, so I'm curious how it's going to play out again. So Even I've seen that thing before, again. <laughs> Listen, man. <laughs> That's too much, too much trauma for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you mentioned a couple other ones already. Appalachian State, App State uh, Michigan game from 07. Um, Auburn, Alabama kick six is up high on my list. Um the Clemson last second touchdown to rematch against Alabama's up there too. So there's a lot of games and a lot of it too is kind of, <clears throat> excuse me. I think in hindsight too, you look back on this game with the fact that Boise wins, it's an underdog team beating Oklahoma and how it finishes. People are still talking about it. While some of the other games like USC Notre Dame, while for me and biasly is the best game I've ever seen. I don't think it's talked about as much. Like, Fiesta Bowl comes up, it seems like, all the time compared to some of the other games that are classics that maybe don't get brought up as often. Well, and you bring up, like, an, an underdog story, right? So you've got this Boise State win over Oklahoma. You've got the Appalachian State win over Michigan. Um, those are probably the two biggest kind of underdog games. Obviously, this one was a bowl game. That one was week one of that season. Um, but it seems like it's it's bowl games or championship games most of the time that get more of the accolades and the notoriety. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, like the, the Bush Push game, right? That's that doesn't have as much because it's a regular season game. Uh, that's just my own opinion of that. Um, and even the Appalachian State game because it is a regular season game, um, some of the luster is is lost on it. So that's where I think um, this underdog tale. Um, takes the cake uh, over pretty much anything of anything else for underdogs. Well, Nate, we keep talking about college football games in the past. We'll be here another three hours, so we're going to let you go. <laughs> Thanks for doing this, buddy. Uh, a lot of fun revisiting this game, and I'm sure we'll do another game here down the line soon. You got it, Lucas. Thanks for having me on. All right. If you want to the other episodes of the podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash lucas Funkari. You can also find the show on iTunes and Spotify. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk again soon.
All right, I'm with uh, Ian Johnson of the corner with some Boise fans. Congratulations. Talk about the game and the finish. I mean, it was just one of those things where we wanted to be out here. We played real hard to get here. And then once we got here, we wanted to come out here, show them that they were in a game with us, and show them that we deserved a little bit of respect. We came out there. We had a little bit of fumbles. But we wanted to show them how we play ball, and we showed them. And then, I mean, it came down to who had the more heart, and we had it. And you, you didn't waver at, even after the interception run back when Jabranski and you were down. I mean, if you look on the sideline, our guys started smiling afterwards. Now, do you deserve a shot at Ohio State having a perfect record? I mean, we're not going to say that because hey, we got our bowl game. We were happy with our bowl game. And it worked. I mean, we won our game. We're 13-0. We deserve a little bit more respect. We're just out here to win a game, get a little bit of respect. Do you think Oklahoma took you, you lightly? We know they did. Really? The, way, the way they were talking about us the whole entire game, the way they were talking to us when they were down, I mean, the whole entire week, we felt like they were, we were their little brothers. How about that final play, the gutsiness to go for two? I mean, we just felt amazing that our coach had enough confidence in us to go for two, to win this game, because we were playing to win, not to lose. All right, and I know you're going to propose to your girlfriend. Congratulations. Hey. Oh, hold on, wait a minute. Tommy, he's going to really do this. Hey. Tommy, uh, she said yes. Ian Johnson proposing to the head cheerleader at Boise State. Does it get any better than this in college football? I don't have anything else left to say.